This Endo Life episode 71. I'm Jessica Duffin, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. Before we start, just want to let you guys know that this podcast is sponsored by my lovely, lovely friends at BU. Yeah, I know that this can be a really tricky time of year in terms of loads of kind of inflammatory activities and food groups and heightened stress and busyness. And so all of that can actually impact our menstrual cycle and cause us to have a bad period or an endo flare up. And CBD can, in some cases, reduce the cramping, reduce the severity of a flare up. And lots of people with endometriosis um, or painful periods are using CBD to help manage their pain. So If you are worried about the chances of you having a flare-up over Christmas, then you might want to consider adding in CBD and seeing if it works for you. BU have a CBD balm that you can rub on your abdomen and your back, and they also have CBD oral sprays and drops. These CBD products have been developed with science, they've been tested, um, and BU recommends that in order to feel, you know, the maximum effects. Um, And because everyone's individual kind of CBD requirement is different, that you use the products, whether you're using the balm or the oil drops or the spray um, consistently for for a couple of weeks. So you could start taking them now um, or using the balm now and it might work really quickly for you or it might take a couple of weeks. But if you're then due on for a period in January, then at least the CBD could be helping you to reduce the impact of any stress um, or any kind of inflammatory food groups that you may have eaten that might have an impact over Christmas. So yeah, if you'd like to check out their CBD range, just go to the link in my show notes to shop and start saving period cramps a natural way. This episode is also sponsored by my free guide, Managing Endometriosis Naturally. This guide is perfect for anyone just starting out on this journey of managing and reducing their symptoms. This 16-page guide takes you through the natural treatment options and holistic lifestyle changes that I made to begin reducing my symptoms. If you're feeling overwhelmed by which type of complementary therapy to choose from or you're a bit confused by the endometriosis diet, This guide could really help you to get a good overview and allow you to begin taking steps to feeling better. As always, this guide doesn't replace your medical treatment and it's not intended to treat or cure endometriosis, but it does provide you with options that helped me to live well with endometriosis so you can begin experimenting or finding out what works for you. To download, just head to the show notes and follow the link and you can get your free copy. So in the last episode, we did a meditation, a visualization of you in the future in 10 years time. And perhaps it was useful to you. Perhaps it wasn't. Perhaps you saw some stuff that was really hopeful. Um, Perhaps you saw some stuff that you really wanted to change. But the kind of idea of that exercise was to 
get you thinking about firstly, what would happen if you didn't make any changes to your health over the next 10 years? What would be the impact of kind of staying in the same habits? Um, Yeah, just not making any changes. And what would it feel like and be like to thrive with endometriosis? Whatever thriving means to you. You know, I... We're not, I'm not here to put limitations on anyone. You know, you could be as strong as the rock. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but for some of you, you might feel that for, for fri- thriving for you in 2020 is that you can walk to the shops without feeling a flare coming on. So whatever thriving means for you, Last week's episode was about creating that vision and thinking, starting to think about what it would take to get to that vision and just putting one step in place. This week, you don't have to have done that visualization exercise in order to do this exercise. But I want this, this exercise is a lot more logical. It's a lot more about thought. Um, It's less about you know, the creative visualization process. So if you like lists, if you like thinking things through, if you're not that into meditation, this episode is for you. If you did last week's episode exercise, this is an extension. This is the the next step. This is putting it into reality. And it's also about reflecting on the year, whether it was good or bad, it doesn't matter. It's about reflecting on it, taking the lessons that you've learned from last year and applying them to the coming year to help you manage endometriosis. You can do this episode two ways. You can listen through to it. You can listen through it all now and then you can come back to it and do the exercise or grab a journal, grab a pen, get on your bed, get comfy and listen to the questions that I ask and answer them in real time and, you know, pause it whilst you're writing it. So there's going to be quite a few questions. Um, you can write as much or as little as you want. This is about what works for you. Um, so let's begin. So the first question that I want you guys to think about is what was your biggest struggle or challenge with endometriosis in 2019? So if I was thinking about me, it was ooh, sleep or painful bladder syndrome, painful bladder syndrome. Um, I feel pretty on top of my endometriosis these days, but my pain has morphed from endo pain to painful bladder syndrome. And that has meant that I've lost a lot of sleep this year. It's meant that I've really had to restrict what I eat. It's meant just a number of things. I, I have felt unwell at times because of this pain. Um, that sounds like such a undramatic statement. I don't even know if undramatic is a word. Um, obviously, I feel unwell when I'm in pain. But it's just made it really hard at times to work through that pain. Um so for me, 
And, and endometriosis and interstitial cystitis or painful bladder syndrome, as it's also known, is a really, they're very closely linked. It's estimated that 80% of people with endo have IC. So my kind of challenge was a branch off endometriosis, um, essentially. So have a think about what was the biggest struggle and challenge. What affected your life the most this year specifically? Um try and get it down to one specific issue. Was it the pain? Was it the fatigue? Because this will help you to not feel so overwhelmed and be like, oh, but I'm I'm ill all the time. It's every, you know, it's, there's so many different things about my health that's getting me down. And I think that's absolutely true. But if you can start with your biggest challenge and begin working on that, then that will help you to have the strength to take on the other ones. Okay, next question. What lessons can you take from this or these challenges? And can you apply them, the lessons, to 2020 in order to change your experience of endometriosis this year? So for me, I guess what I learned from painful bladder syndrome is how important my sleep is and how good, how damn good I feel when I get a good night's sleep and how awful I feel when I don't. And so that has meant that I have really prioritized improving the quality of my sleep. And it's also meant that I have prioritized dealing with my painful bladder syndrome and understanding that I had reached a limit of what I could do on my own and I now needed the help of, I now need the help of a nutritionist and of a physiotherapist and of a doctor who can do an internal examination in my, into my bladder um, with a camera to see what's going on with the line in there. Um, so I kind of realised that I've got to take this seriously now Um, I can't fob it off anymore. It's not going to go away on its own. I was kind of skimming by with doing the minimum that I needed to do to manage it, but it was still escalating. It was still getting worse. So now I know I need to take it more seriously and that it's time for me to bring in more help. Um, And that has made such a difference in the past few months of 2019 having a physiotherapist has dramatically changed my quality of life and just starting to work with a nutritionist has made me feel so much more positive about the process of healing my bladder and it's given me the motivation energy um excitement to be like yeah I can do this I can have a team around me I don't have to live like this. So I'm really looking forward to 2020 and how much better I can feel once all of these things begin to um, create change in my body. Okay, so the next question that I would love you guys to ask is what went well, felt better or improved in 2019 with regards to endo? Can you expand on or learn from or grow from these positive experiences in 2020. 
So for me, what went well is that I really got to grips with understanding my sleep issues. And I really realized that cortisol imbalance was playing a really big issue into that. Um, And when I focused on having a good night's sleep and I did everything that I needed to do in order to have that and I started working on my cortisol levels, the difference was incredible. And so I want to expand on that in 2020 by actually working with a nutritionist to address, um, well, not just a nutritionist, really, a health coach to kind of get all of the tools in place um, that I need to improve my sleep and also um, to get my body back into balance in order for me to actually, for my systems to be optimized to sleep well. So to make sure that my melatonin is being produced properly, to make sure that my cortisol is um, dropping down over the day. Um, My year was so incredibly productive And I think a massive part of that was because of how much I prioritized sleep. The other thing that went really well was how quickly my bladder frequency, urgency, sensitivity reduced when I started doing physiotherapy. It was like mind blowing. It was instant. It was literally straight away. Um, And the progress that I saw was just so incredible. So... In 2020, I'm going to really focus on um, obviously continuing to heal my bladder, but actually also looking at physiotherapy to really focus on pain during sex. Um, And to, because I think there's so much tension in my pelvic floor that that's really caused an issue um, where it's almost like vaginismus is developing. So I'm really confident that pelvic floor physiotherapy is going to help me do that and because I've had these positive experiences it's really made me see um, the value of going to physiotherapy or having a nutritionist because in the past I was like I don't have the money I'm going to do it myself I'm going to do it myself and thankfully I can start working with these people um, and I'm ready to make that commitment and I really have experienced a difference already. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of all in and I'm ready to do the homework, do the work that they asked me to do, show up and just put the effort in. So that's been a real positive for me. The next question that I want to ask you is how would you like to feel in 2020 in regards to endometriosis? Really pull on, if you did last week's visualization exercise, pull on what it would mean for you to thrive. Um, If you didn't do that exercise, and this is a point to really fill into an idea of yourself that you, that you have for your future. um, That maybe isn't the current reality now because of your endometriosis pain. And I don't want you just to focus on pain-free or less pain or less tired. I want you to describe the positives of how you want to feel. You want to feel comfortable. You want to feel rested. 
you want to feel energized, you want to feel well, you want to feel positive, you want to feel happy, whatever it is. Um, And not just what you feel, like maybe it's about, I want to go to sleep without having to wake up in the night to go for a wee. Or I want to um, wake up in the morning and feel energized and excited for my day ahead. Um, I want to work out every day, whether it's yoga or walking or something else. I want to have the energy and the comfort in my body to be able to do it. So get really specific there. And then ask yourself, what do you think you can do to move towards this in 2020? And you might need to go through some of my last, my previous episodes. You might need to read some of my old blogs. Um, You might want to go and seek out some other resources, some other books, Um, you might want to go to a support group or talk to an online group. You might want to look on Instagram to find out all of the different options that could help you. If you're not sure what's going to make a difference, find out what has helped other people or find out what else is out there for endometriosis. If you have only so far listened to your doctor and they're just telling you, you you have to just have painkillers for the rest of your life. Are there any other options? Where could you find out about those other options? Um, Do you have any contacts? Do you know someone with endometriosis? Do you know a physiotherapist who you could ask some questions to? Do you know a friend who is studying to be a nutritionist who you could ask her some questions about? Um, Get really resourceful. What do you know already? And what do you feel that you need to know a bit more about? And then... Could you piece those things together to create some steps for going forward, a rough plan for going forward? Okay, the next part is actually reflecting on what we're grateful for. It can be really hard to feel grateful for anything when we're in pain, grateful for anything when our state of life has been so affected by endometriosis but having gratitude has you know it's been proven to increase our levels of happiness and it can just help us to see opportunities it can help us to change our perspective it can help us to approach a challenge in a different way and it can also help us to realize what we want to feel more of so I want you to find as many things as you can, if it's just one, that's fine, that you are grateful for when it comes to your health or even living with endometriosis. So for me, I'm grateful that endometriosis has given me purpose. It has given me something to an anchor, even on days when I feel like giving up this endo life. I can't. I can't even entertain the idea. I just can't imagine not feeling passionate about endometriosis. There may come a day when I'm like, do you know what? I have said everything I can say about endometriosis. I'm going to focus on the menopause. I don't know. 
I can't predict the future. But having endometriosis has given me such a fire to create change um, and has given me so much meaning in my life that I'm so grateful for that. Another thing that I'm grateful for is that it healed my relationship with my body. I hated my body until I started managing endometriosis, until I realized that I wasn't feeding my body right, that I wasn't loving my body right, I wasn't nourishing my body right. Having endo has taught me how to love myself. Believe it or not, it has. And that might not be your experience, but you may have a different experience from me. Um, I am thankful that having endometriosis has meant that I met you guys and that I have witnessed incredible strength and courage and resilience and bravery and a sense of being so united in something. I haven't experienced anything like it before. And I'm also grateful for my health, you know, that I'm capable of having a pain-free period, that I'm capable of having a good night's sleep, that, um, I'm capable of even having a period. Some people are desperate to have their periods because they want to have children, but they can't have, they can't, you know, they've just never had a period. Um, I know that sounds like a dream for some of us to not have a period. And I totally understand that. Um, but there are just different, different levels and different experiences for everyone. Now, I, you know, I don't want children, but I'm grateful that I have a cycle because I get to experience the surge of estrogen and confidence and um, energy that I get around ovulation. You might not have that. This is entirely unique for you. Um, and also, guys, remember, I'm coming from, this might sound overly positive or chirpy, and I'm really, really sorry if that pisses anyone off um but I've been doing this for five years I have been writing down what I'm grateful for for five years I have been understanding my triggers for five years I've been trying everything under the sun for five years this has taken me a long time to be able to have this perspective if you asked me five years ago what I was grateful for I was like I would have you know when it comes to my period I'd be like nothing I literally want it taken out of me I wanted a hysterectomy. You know, I was in that much pain. I was desperate for it. The doctors wouldn't give that to me. Um, but, you know, if they offered it to me five years ago, I would have taken it. So I have been on a really big journey and I don't expect some of you might be way, you know, way into your journey and you're feeling good. You're seeing progress. Some of you may have just just be starting out some of you may be just diagnosed um whatever's going on for you even if you can just find one thing to feel grateful for about your health even if it's that you have shiny hair I just want you guys to be able to find something Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, 
just head to link in my show notes. This episode is also sponsored by my free guide, Managing Endometriosis Naturally. If you don't know where to start with beginning to take a holistic approach to managing your endometriosis symptoms, then this might help you. Um, If you'd like to download it, just head to the show notes and follow the link and you can get your free copy. Okay, the next part of the process is intentions. Intentions can be really helpful when we want to feel a certain way in our life or create more of a good thing um, without striving to reach crazy goals. What I don't want to do is cause you guys to create loads of goals that are totally overwhelming and you just don't know where to start. So having some intentions can help you to start the day. You know, you could write out your intentions every morning to remind yourself how you want to feel. You could put reminders on your phone like Brendan Brashard um about how you want to feel and it will just remind you oh my intention is to feel energized what do I need to do today to do that or an alarm goes off on your phone and my attention my intention is to feel energized I'm feeling super tired right now what can I do for my body that's going to help lift my energy a bit so reflecting on what you're grateful for that you know that might have triggered um some ideas around how you want to feel maybe you want to feel more of those things that you're grateful for and reflecting on how you would like to feel in regards to 2020 with endo and what it would mean for you to thrive can you write down a couple of intentions it could be one intention for the year it could be three i would probably keep it to i don't know you if you want to go all in and write 20 intentions, go for it. But I think probably five is a good level, is a good kind of maximum. Your intentions might be, in 2020, I intend to feel energised most days. Or if that feels like too much of a stretch, stretch for you, it could be, in 2020, I want to feel, I intend to begin my mornings with energy or in 2020 I intend to prioritize rest in 2020 I intend to prioritize nutrition in 2020 I intend to feel more comfortable in my body or in my pelvic floor or in my bladder or in my uterus whatever it may be The intentions don't have to be written in a specific way. It doesn't matter whether they're an intention of what you're going to do or how you're going to feel. It's just about what feels right for you. Um, I don't want to add restrictions on how you write this or say this because then it's just going to limit what you want for yourself. Okay, next step. Once you've got those intentions... I want you to help I want to help you to live out those intentions and these don't this doesn't have to be in a massive way but if you were to split your intention across mind body and soul what could you do what small goal could you put in place for mind body and soul that's going to help you to live out that intention so for me my intention next year one of my intentions is to feel more rested so mind 
read more fiction books. So let's say my goal would be to read a fiction book, one fiction book. Actually, I don't want to make it a quantity. Well, I kind of do. So my intention would be like to read 30 minutes of fiction before I go to bed every night because actually that's going to really help me to get into the sleep routine that I also want to work on. Um, although that, you know, for you, that that might sound like a quite a big commitment. So it could be um, my goal is to read at least one fiction book every other month. Body. Um, okay, so my intention is to feel rested. So for my body, it could be that I work, I, my goal is to work with a nutritionist to get my cortisol levels balanced. And if you want to make smart goals, so you could make this measurable. So for me, it could be like to get my cortisol levels tested, to um, book in with a nutritionist by a certain date, to follow through with whatever she recommends um, at a certain, you know, on the dates that I suggest, and I'm going to be very specific with my actions. And then I would measure my cortisol levels after I have worked with a nutritionist or, or health coach. Um, so that's body. And then soul. So a rested soul. Hmm, meditation. I've already started. I, I've been doing five minutes but I actually now want to increase it to 15 and I would love to increase it to 20 because I think that's when they start seeing scientific, like they actually can start measuring changes in your brain. So my goal is to commit to 15 minutes minimum meditation every day with the aim, but to be practicing 20 minutes every day by the end of the year. And I would want to put in some more specifics around that when would I be doing that meditation in the morning after I've written my gratitude list? Um, will I be doing it every day of the week or just during the weekdays? Like I, the best way to ensure that you don't just write these goals down and then walk away from them is to literally set reminders, make them specific, make them measurable, have an accountability buddy if you need, and also make them achievable. If I don't think I'm going to fit in 15 minutes at the weekend, maybe it's not best for me to do that right now. But a stretch could be, okay, I know I can definitely fit in 15 minutes in the mornings because it, I'm actually carving out that time in my morning routine during the week. But at the weekend, I could fit in five minutes of meditation. And I would do that before I make a cup of tea, for example. Um... So those are how you would split it across. So you're making sure that you're nourishing your mind, body, and soul. If that feels too much, just pick one. You could even separate them into quarters. I know there's not four, um, four categories there, but maybe the final quarter is perfecting them or um, just growing them. So it could be like mind... Um, you know, you work on the mind goal in the first quarter, then you work on the body goal in the, in the second quarter, etc. Finally, the last thing that I want you to write is what do you need 
to let go of in order to live out your intentions. So write, you can write it down in this way. If I want to feel, and I'm getting this from Dave Hollis, by the way, because I, I actually listened to him today and he explained it in this way. Um, if I want to feel rested, I need to stop working on my laptop after 7 p.m. I have to commit and be disciplined and commit to resting after 7 p.m. And maybe that's going to be a real challenge for me. And maybe that's going to require me to see a therapist to talk about my perfectionism and my overachiever traits and my workaholic tendencies. Um, Maybe it will take that. So it might be if I intend to feel rested this year, I need to commit to finishing work at 7 p.m. and work in with a therapist to understand and manage my workaholic tendencies. I've just added something that you add on. This part is about letting go. But if something comes to you like it just did for me then, then obviously feel free to add that on. So, yeah. What do you need to let go of in order to live out your intentions this year? It doesn't have to be anything major. It doesn't have to be a food group. Just something that you feel is not serving you with endometriosis, something that you instinctively know probably needs to change. Okay, so those are all the questions. When you spend some time journaling that, And then if you want to, you can take this one step further and put this into a vision board. If you're creative, you can put this into a vision board, get some magazines or just use Pinterest. Cut, although ideally it would be better if you use something that you could put up on your wall um, because this is actually what I'm going to say next. Do a vision board, pictures of your intentions, pictures of how you want to feel, pictures of the future. Um, pictures of even what you need to commit to um, and put this somewhere that you will see it every day. Somewhere that's going to remind you every day of what you want to feel in 2020. This is not about punishing you. It's not about being like, oh, I haven't achieved my goals. You know, I've let myself down again. It's not. This entire exercise is about nourishing you. It's about nourishing your body in 2020. It's about looking after your body and your soul, doing what you need to do to feel better. If this is going to be triggering for you, if it's going to make you feel, I don't know, restricted or unhappy in any way, or it's going to make you feel like you're failing at something, then don't do this. If it doesn't feel right for you, you don't have to do this. But if it feels encouraging, if it feels like it's going to hold you accountable in a good way, then create the vision board and put it up somewhere that's going to remind you every day. And if you want to even go a step further, Rachel Hollis writes out her 10 goals every day. And we don't have 10 goals, but if you want to write out your intention every day, then I think that is a wonderful thing to do. Start in the morning, writing out your intentions every day. 
will just help you to live that reality every day and not forget what you wanted for this for 2020. I wrote out my goals every day pretty much for 2019 and it is crazy how many of them actually came to fruition. So that's it. I hope this episode was helpful for you. Um, you might not implement this till the new year, which is totally fine. You don't have to do it when you're listening to this. But I hope it's helpful if you do choose to use it. I would love, love, love to see some of your vision boards or your intentions or your goals. Please tag me on Instagram. Um, you can even use the hashtag owning this endo life. Oh, and if you want to take this even an, another step further, in January, I'm going to be launching. I'm not sure of the date yet. I think it's going to be 6th of January, but just sign up and you'll know. I'm going to be launching a free month-long challenge, Facebook group challenge to help us kick off 2020 feeling well with Endo. So if you want to take part in that challenge, it's obviously free. Um, you just need to join the Facebook group. The Facebook group is called Owning This Endo Life Challenge. Um, it's a private group, so just request access and I will accept you. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you in there. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful new year. Thank you so, so, so much for buying the book, for reading my blogs, for listening to the podcast, for sending me messages, for talking to me on Instagram, for just always, always supporting me. I mean, I always get scared that I'm going to get a troll or someone is going to say something that's going to cut me up. But you guys are so supportive and so lovely. Um, and you really make just doing this so worthwhile. Um, and you have really been such a support for me this year. Um, so thank you so much. If you do want to get the book to start off the year, you know, with some recipes and information on nutrition for endo. The show, the link is in my show notes. It's called This Endo Life. It starts with breakfast. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have any coaching space, spaces left by the time you listen to this, but you can always check. Um, and I'm going to have a waiting list. So the waiting list will be in the show notes. Um, and if the, if there are any spaces, I will contact you. Um, that's a 12 week one-to-one -one health coaching program specifically for endometriosis that starts in January. Um, so yeah, I hope this episode was really helpful for you guys. Um, and I'm just wishing you so much health and happiness for 2020. And I hope it's going to be, yeah, a year with less pain and more, more well-being. Um, you guys are the best and I love you lots. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I 
um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. Music